0: Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you've got to step away from your radio to walk into work, or for whatever reason, you don't have to miss out on the show here on Detroit Today. You can go to iTunes or wherever it is you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and you can take us with you. You can listen to us whenever you are Ready. Also, uh, keep in mind, we are just two days from Thanksgiving. I live right in the middle of downtown and was watching this morning as they are erecting the grandstands along Woodward Avenue, getting ready for the parade. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk with Tony Michaels, who runs the parade company. Uh, this is one of the two huge events that that company puts on every year in this community. For everyone, and we'll hear from him about what you might expect during the parade this year. And I am curious about how he's going to navigate all the new things along Woodward Avenue. Think of those medians that stretch in front of the stadiums, in front of the new stadium, in front of Comerica Park. Is that going to disrupt the parade? Is that going to make it look a little different? For folks, uh, we'll hear from Tony Michaels about that tomorrow. A little later in the show today, we're going to talk with Sandy Barua, who is the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce. They have a new report out about the state of the region. Some good news, but also some bad news about how we are keeping pace with competitors around The country. But first, Republicans in Washington are intent on making big changes to the tax code before the end of the year. The U.S. House approved legislation last week that would reduce the corporate tax rate from 35% to 20%. It would reduce the number of tax brackets from 7% to four and would double the standard deduction for individuals and families, among other things. The U.S. Senate could vote within the next week on its own plan, which is similar in many ways to the House plan. But that vote could be in jeopardy depending on a few key swing votes in the Senate GOP caucus. Think of how often this year we have seen uh, the GOP Congress get really close to major legislation passing only to come just a few votes shy. That could happen again here. But if this overhaul does get through Congress, what would these changes mean for people here in Michigan and how would they affect your wallet? We want to hear from you during this segment about what you're thinking about what the House is talking about, what the Senate is talking about in terms of tax reform? Uh, Do you think we need this kind of major overhaul of the tax system? Do we need uh, corporate rates to go down from 35% to 20%? Especially, uh, do we think that's true when almost nobody pays that 35%? You think about the, the corporations and the kinds of deductions that they're able to take. A lot of them pay less than 10% tax so what's the reason to lower that overall rate also talk about the tax brackets should we have fewer of them should more people fall into lower tax brackets than they have now these are conversations that we've had for a long time in this country republicans have been saying for a long time that they want to give tax relief to americans what would that mean and what does that mean for the deficit the other thing that Republicans say they really care about 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or go to Twitter and we'll uh, hashtag us, and we will try to work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk about the implications of this major reform to the tax system. It's Charles Ballard, an MSU economist who joins us from time to time to talk about these issues. Charles, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start with the the the, the broad strokes here. What would this do? Uh, what would this look like for sort of your average taxpayer in a state like Michigan? Uh, and why is it that the Republican majority in Washington seems so gung-ho on uh, overturning the apple cart quite this dramatically?
1: Well, the the unifying theme of, of most of this uh, proposal is to reduce taxes on those who have either high incomes or high wealth and or high wealth, especially if their high income and wealth comes from ownership of businesses. Um, and so what that means is that most Michiganders – uh, get very little, if anything, about out of this. In fact, a lot of average families, depending upon exactly how many deductions you're currently taking, depending upon the size of your family, uh, a lot of... Uh, sort of middle-income families will um, actually have a tax increase. Uh, this does nothing for basically the the, the poor, the, the bottom maybe fifth of the population, because the, most of them don't pay any taxes, any income taxes already, and it does not do anything to the earned income tax credit, which would help them. Uh, so this is, you know, this is... Uh, if you have a big stock market for portfolio, this is good for you because the reduction in corporate taxes is going to probably lead to an increase in stock prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you're, if your income is like $800,000 a year, this will give you, or a million a year, this will give you a substantial tax break. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have more than $11 million that you want to leave to your heirs, this will give you a big tax break on the estate tax, but not really a whole lot for the average citizen.
0: Yeah. And and so what's the what's the the rub then there? I mean, th- this is the issue that Republicans have campaigned on for a really long time. This is one of the issues that the president campaigned on uh, last year. One of the reasons that people uh, voted for him and for them was the idea that they would get tax relief, middle class tax relief. That's how they always talk about it. How come How come it's missing now from the actual legislation they're trying to get through?
1: Well, there certainly are some middle-income folks who would get a modest tax cut.
0: Uh, And that's what uh, the advocates
1: of this plan, including President Trump and his allies in Congress, that's what they are emphasizing. Certainly, they're talking about the middle-class aspect. They're trying, I think, to deflect attention from the fact that most of the benefits of this goes to high-income high wealth people. Uh, the big divide in America in terms of ideology, in my view, is how do you feel about income inequality? We've had this historically unprecedented increase in income inequality in the last 40 years with the vast majority of the gains going to those at the very top and um... you know one way to summarize this proposal would be it's not unequal enough let's do more for those at the top uh... and then the the democrats in, in congress don't share that view of what would be the optimal income distribution the republicans i think many of them really do believe that this will lead to an explosion of economic growth um, that companies will invest that will have higher wages my research on this indicates that the 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 first effect will be that it'll help the stock market mm-hmm. um, it, There may be some additional investment over time, but that's uh, the kind of research that i did, did some years ago indicates that the 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 benefit for the average worker in terms of take home pay uh that takes decades to uh uh to bear fruit right. and that's a very long term process, and so I don't believe. You know, I I think that that, uh, Representative Ryan, the Speaker of the House, really passionately believes that this will lead to uh, higher wages for the average worker. Um, Perhaps that'll happen. I don't believe that it will happen, although it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, let's talk about that belief that Republicans seem to have in this approach to economic growth. It's it's not as if this is something that they just came up with. It's not as if we haven't tried this before. And if you go back to the times in recent history where they have tried this, almost none of the things that they promised that will happen do happen. Now, there's no question that the stock market tends to do well when you lower taxes and people uh, at, the, at the higher end of Uh, The the income brackets in the sense that they have investment income and things like that benefit from it. But if you think of what's happened to wages, uh, middle class wages over time, if you go back to the 1980s, for instance, and sort of cast forward to now, uh, wages are not substantially higher for uh, people in the lower and the the working or the uh, middle and the working class. Uh, The other thing that happens, of course, is that the deficits – Just get out of control. Uh, uh, And so what's the reason that we keep sort of putting faith in this this belief that these things, these magical things will happen through tax cuts when we have evidence, recent evidence, that that's not really what is likely to happen? Well,
1: uh, you know, maybe you're asking the wrong person, because I don't believe that those things will happen. <laughs> right, maybe you should ask a Representative <laughs> Bishop to come on or, or Representative Wahlberg and explain why they believe things uh, will happen for which there's not much evidence. I mean, look... We had a big tax cut in in the early '80s. It was uh, portrayed as as helping the average guy. We had big tax cuts, uh, which was and that tax cut was heavily weighted toward the wealthy and the high income. Mm-hmm. Same thing in 2001 and 2003. Same story. Of it was sold to the public as this is going to help um, Joe and Jane six pack. And the evidence is pretty spotty. I mean, the the vast majority of the of the income growth. In the last forty years, has gone to really, really very affluent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, <clears throat> uh, it's it's almost like a, an element of religious faith, and it's it's difficult for people to explain their religious faith
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in in terms of uh, the the facts and the evidence.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, well, rather than religious, I would uh, I would affix the the label ideolo- ideological, yeah, right? Right. Uh, th- these are their beliefs that. That people shouldn't be over, quote unquote, overtaxed. Um, right. And that uh, growth comes from, ta- from taxes.
1: You raise a very good question though about the deficit, mm-hmm. many of the same people who are who have already voted for this in the house who or who are po- poised to vote for it in the Senate were um apoplectic about uh deficits when Barack Obama was the president yes and uh we now have um, uh, the prospect of you know we have a national debt uh, the debt that's actually held by the public, which is the really important part, is ab- north of fourteen trillion dollars. This is going to add it, it, it if we did nothing, it would continue to grow. This will add another trillion and a half over the next ten years. Um, I frankly am something of a deficit hawk. I don't think we should even be talking about a tax cut at this point. In the business cycle, mm-hmm. we had tax cuts in 2009. Those made a lot of sense. Those helped to reduce the severity of the Great Recession. But basic kind of introductory macroeconomics tells you that you don't go for tax cuts when the economy is at full employment. Right. Uh, that may that may actually overheat the economy and force the uh, Fed to step on the brakes. Uh, it, just not a good policy at this time in the cycle. Yeah.
0: Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Charles Ballard, an MSU economist. We're talking about the proposal to really overhaul the tax system in Washington. The U.S. House has passed a plan to do that. The U.S. Senate is considering its own plan. It's somewhat similar to what the House Does. uh, Is this going to pass in Washington? Are we going to see the Republicans finally deliver on one of the promises that they made during last year's elections? And if they do, what would the effects look like? What would the effects look like on your pocketbook, in your household? What would the effects look like for corporations or the stock market? Uh, What do you think about what they're talking about in Washington? Do you think this is the right direction to be going in, or do you think this is courting a little bit of financial? disaster. Give us a call if you want to join the conversation. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag us and we'll try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Let's go to Patrick. Patrick in Sterling Heights, welcome Mm -hmm. to Detroit Today.
1: Hey, I just had a quick question slash comment about the tax reform. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen with charitable contributions um you know if the standard tax deduction goes up to twenty-four thousand. i feel like i feel like there's a lot of people that are going to not <clears throat> contribute as much to charities and you know donate clothes stuff like that and mm-hmm. try to get like the, the tax credit for doing so so i just wanted to hear
2: your thoughts on that
0: yeah uh, great question patrick i appreciate the call uh charles ballard what th- this is one of the sort of i guess ancillary kind of uh, dynamics that we see with that when you when you refigure the, the the tax code there are all kinds of other implications that you may not have thought about uh, exactly
1: this plan would raise the standard deduction and if the standard deduction is high enough then it doesn't make sense for you to itemize your deductions. That does have the advantage of simplifying. Fewer people will have to sift through all their receipts and uh, to itemize their taxes. However, the estimate is that uh, currently we have uh, oh, a quarter or a third of of taxpayers itemize their deductions. After this increase in the standard deduction, Possibly only about five percent of taxpayers will find it worth their while to itemize that means and, and all of those people those were people who among their itemized deductions were deductions to charitable um, entities churches, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, the united way uh, and, and and so on uh, and uh, uh, so this is likely to uh, cause many of them to to uh, to contribute less. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, is some, there is a research uh, body of research on that, and it and indicates that uh, people do contribute somewhat less when they get less of a boost from the government in terms of basically what happens if you're in the 25% tax bracket and you donate a dollar donate to charity, it only costs you 75 cents. Uh, and now, after this, if you no longer itemize your deductions, it'll cost you the full dollar. Some people will reduce their charitable contributions. Um, it's not – we don't know for sure how big that effect would be, but certainly charitable organizations are, are very uh, wary of this. They're, they're lobbying. They're, they're concerned about it.
0: Yeah, and, and they're not alone. I mean, you've got a number of constituencies uh, across – the political spectrum, in fact, that are um, that are really looking at uh, this this plan and saying, "Good grief, this does not help the situation that we're in," and that I think makes me pretty skeptical about uh, the the likelihood of passage. Just like the health reform, I mean, you 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 just had too many people from too many places saying. This is not a good idea. Um, uh, and, and so the GOP sort of blinked. Uh, but, but I guess we will see more about that in the, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, again, Patrick, thanks very much for that call. Let's go to Herb in Bloomfield. Herb, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, hi, good morning. Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, there's, a, there's another element of this, another ancillary problem, and that is if you're a millennial or anyone with a large student loan debt burden, if that if that deduction is eliminated, that is a huge tax increase for anyone who basically is just getting started in their careers. Anyone in their 20s and 30s who came who went to school, took went
2: to college, got an advanced degree, you know, but, you know, played by those rules, and are
1: now going to get stocked with, um, you yeah, know, basically, you know, getting less of a tax deduction for all that student loan debt they've incurred. And there's even another little kicker that uh, graduate students who normally who formerly have had as part of their package. You know, a, you know basically a tuition waiver that's going to be counted as income against them and they have to and which for which they'll have to account for when they file taxes those are two real problems
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, th- th- thanks very much herb for the for the call and the comments uh, go ahead Charles.
1: fair enough um you know david brooks the new york times columnist uh, who is a, a, a moderate republican he said he he was against this and one of the biggest reasons for it is that it's it's uh... it's anti-education uh... slant uh... certainly at universities and you know uh, full disclosure I, I work for a university and we have graduate students and one of the very common things in terms of trying to get the best graduate students is that we give them a tuition waiver in other words they don't have to pay tuition under the plan that could become law, uh, they would uh, have to count that as income. And um, that would add another few thousand dollars of tax liability for graduate students who, and since I was a graduate student once, I know that they're not a very wealthy bunch. Um, a lot of the gra- graduate students would probably take on additional loans, but um, there are actually many professors who are afraid that they won't be able to attract uh, top quality graduate students, that those people will just decide not to go to graduate school a- at all. And that would, I think, further diminish our ability to compete uh, with cutting edge research uh, on the international stage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, Herb, thanks very much uh, for the call and the comments there. Uh, let's go to let's go to Dave in Farmington. Dave, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, I believe that the House version includes a cut for the medical deduction. Wouldn't that be a big hurt for families that have big medical costs?
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a great question, uh, Charles Ballard. Uh, what does this do for medical deductions?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, it, this, of course, only affects a rather, relatively small number of people because uh, the, the we don't have a f- deduction for the first dollar of medical costs. It's only after it exceeds a threshold of your uh... of your adjusted gross income but uh... for those with very high medical expenses uh... that's a small group but it's a group that is uh... in in a tough spot um, these proposals would would lead to uh, substantial tax increases in some cases for for those folks so um... that's another one that's being uh, actively talked about in washington and lots of uh, Lots of groups are are weighing in with their members
0: of Congress. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Charles Ballard, MSU economist as always. Thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. All right. Up next, we're going to continue our conversation about the GOP tax plan, how likely it is to pass and what it could mean for Michiganders. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. We especially want to hear from folks who voted for the president or for Republican lawmakers. You're looking at these plans as well. What do you think about the GOP plan to overhaul taxes in America? Stay with us on Detroit Today.
1: your city your town
2: your voice
1: 1019 wdet detroit's public radio station
0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the GOP tax plans in Washington. The House of Representatives passed its bill recently. The Senate is considering a bill that's somewhat similar, would really drastically reorder the tax system here in the United States, would drop the corporate tax rate from 35 to 20 percent, reduce the number of tax brackets from seven to four, and double the standard Standard deduction for individuals and families. What do you think of the plans to do this in Washington? And especially, we'd love to hear from folks who voted for the president or who voted for Republican lawmakers, thinking that tax reform was one of the things that they would get done in that first year in office. What do you think? of what's now on the table. What do you think of the plan as it looks in reality? Is it gonna benefit you? Is it gonna benefit the people that you thought would benefit from uh, this tax plan? Are you as happy today about what they're doing as you might've been last year when you cast your ballot? 313 uh, 1019 is the number on the phone. It says 313 uh, 1019 You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Again, if you support the idea of overhauling the tax system, we especially want to hear from you. But uh, we also want to hear from you if you think this is not a great idea, if you're worried about the deficits that would be rung up uh, by this tax plan, if you think that it's too heavily weighted toward people who already make lots of money, Uh, and not enough for people in the middle or at the bottom. Uh, Please join the conversation as well. And joining us now to talk more about what is going on in Washington around this discussion is Melissa Ann Burke. She is a Washington reporter for the Detroit News. Melissa, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about the politics of this. Uh, The the House passed uh, this bill pretty easily. Uh, The Senate is where it seems less likely to have an easy passage Uh, where are we with uh, those negotiations and those debates right now
3: Uh, well you're right it seems like the Senate um, uh, bill could be decided by just a handful of senators um, uh, some of whom have already come out and started to express their concerns with the bill as it exists in its current form as it passed out of um, the Senate Finance Committee last week,
0: mm-hmm. and and the, the the hesitation that some senators have. What 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 is it that's giving them pause about this this particular bill?
3: Uh, well, it depends on who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the first senator who came out, the first Republican senator, I should say. Um, Who came out to express some concerns was uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and he has said um, that he won't support the bill in its current form and he has some concerns I believe having to do with how the bill would affect small businesses Um, there are uh, differences in how the bill would affect pass-through businesses versus um, corporations and he thinks that the way that those those businesses are treated differently, that small businesses would be at, at a disadvantage to larger corporations. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then you also have Susan Collins, who I think over the weekend, she's from Maine, uh, also a Republican. She has some concerns about the provision that would repeal the individual health insurance mandate. Um, that's a piece of Obamacare, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and she's uh, expressed some concerns about that being included, I think she wants to see that removed.
0: Yeah, uh, this seems to be one of the, the 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 sort of dynamics that's emerging in this current Congress, which is that uh, the the majority that the Republicans have in the Senate is is quite a bit narrower than it is in the House, and they don't seem to be able to to get to a place where. They can get the, the the votes they need, and it's almost always because you've got these uh, these senators who who sort of I guess uh, fall back a little from the extreme positions that the party has. So you think about the health care debate earlier this year. Now taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost as if uh, they. It's almost as if it's two parties, right? You've got this this large Republican. Uh, contingent that is okay with going as far as the as, uh, leadership wants to go, but you've got two or three, maybe four senators who sit a little more in, in the middle. Uh, uh, talk about how common or uncommon that is uh, in Washington for, for majorities. I mean, this is a, a time when you've got a Republican president, uh, Republicans in charge of both houses of Congress, and we have yet to see major legislation uh, pass on anything at this point
3: yeah that's 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 certainly been a problem for the republicans this year um uh you tend to see some of the more moderate republicans um that have caused some issues um uh, for the larger party in trying to get through some of these be- bigger pieces of legislation like the healthcare bill you have susan collins who i just mentioned and um uh lisa murkowski of alaska um who uh who, who uh, i you know, both had concerns about the health care bill. Um, and you also have, a, you know, the new a newer dynamic is you have some senators who are retiring, um, who, you know, don't, you know, who are answering to their constituents and don't have that pressure to kind of bow to mm-hmm. the, the, the demands of the party leaders. Um, I think you, I, I would, con, you know, put at the top of that list, you know, Senator Bob Corker from Tennessee, who's also expressed some concerns. He doesn't want to add um any money to the to the federal deficit mm-hmm. um you have senator jeff blake from arizona um and I, I mean i would imagine it's you know going to be harder to convince those folks if they are not you know in love with this bill um they kind of don't have anything to lose if they you know decide they don't want to back it so right. um I, I think that just adds, adds more problems to the mix you have the same thing going on in the house um we have a lot of i think like there's 30 Republican House members who have announced their plans to retire at this point, including uh, Congressman Dave Trot of Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more some independent minded, more independent mindedness from some of these folks, um, again, because they're they're leaving.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Melissa Nan Burke. She is a Washington reporter for the Detroit News. We're talking about the plans in Washington to overhaul the tax system. Uh, The U.S. House passed its plan uh, recently, and now you've got the Senate talking about a similar plan that would really drastically reduce the corporate tax rate, would lower the number of tax brackets, would do a number of different things to make taxes different. The question is, would this make taxes better? Would this make taxes better for you and your family? Have you been looking at the plans and thinking about what would change If uh, this passed, what would change uh, in in your pocketbook? Uh, Also, we wanna hear from folks who voted for the president or voted for Republican members of Congress, expecting that this was one of the things that they might do in the first year. Does this look the way you thought it would look? Are you getting maybe the relief that you thought you would get from the Republican Party in terms of tax reform under these bills? Or do you think that this is too heavily weighted? toward people with high incomes or toward corporations uh, aiming to boost the stock market, but maybe not really changing the amount of taxes that you will be paying uh, as your family looks at these things. Uh, give us a call if you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter. And hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Casey and Warren. Casey, welcome to hey. Detroit Today.
2: Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Melissa. Uh, you asked for it. I'm one of the Trumpists that uh, voted for I mean, um, decreased taxes, obviously decreased government. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really getting tired, Stephen, of hearing the mantra that, you know, you, you really got to hate the rich because the rich don't pay enough in taxes? Why did we become a country that de-incentivizes making money and creating wealth for other people too? Because I don't know any poor people that are creating jobs other than maybe government work, but poor people don't buy equipment, invest in capital. They don't make money. They, they end up causing a, 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 an end cost on the economy uh, why, why do we disincentivize and why do we attack the rich?
0: I just well, kind of wish we had
2: this, this, the same scientists that are working on global warming, you know, that have taken all the historical models and the data, but they ignore the, the economists and those scientists. They ignore all the economic data and historical data. When Kennedy lowered taxes, when Reagan lowered taxes on the rich, yeah. what happened? So, More money came to the government. So,
0: so, so I, I'll try to answer some of your questions there, Casey. Uh, and I really appreciate you listening to the show and calling in, uh, sharing your your point of view. Uh, I I don't think anyone is hating on uh, the, the the rich or or re- resenting them. I think the question really is how much of the burden of uh, our taxes falls proportionally on people who uh, who exist at at lower levels of of income and and you said a couple of things that i don't think are necessarily true number 1 uh, the people who consume uh, most of the goods in in our society the people who buy uh, the things that corporations make are middle and lower income families in most of it. And in fact, uh, economists will will tell you that they consume to the point uh, where they don't even save. In other words, that uh, poor families in particular end up spending all of the dollars that they bring in because they need to for necessities. And so that is one of the real drivers of the economy. But, but the question is not, I guess— who, in that in those terms, who deserves uh, a, a break or who doesn't? I think it's more a question of, uh, again, like what what is the what's the incentive for people in the middle and lower incomes uh, to work harder uh, to, to, to 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 try to get ahead? Um, and and I guess the question I was asking was, uh, if you voted for Donald Trump or if you voted for Republican lawmakers, do you feel If you're in the middle income or the lower income, uh, do you feel like you're getting what you thought you were going to get? What they promised was middle income relief. What they promised was a middle income tax cut. Is this plan what they said they were going to do? And I'm not sure. Casey, if you're still there, I'd love to hear what what you think it would do with your taxes.
2: Is that Steven? What's that? Can I answer that question? Yeah.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Okay, all right. yeah, I voted for Trump because he's going to make government smaller, federal government smaller. Do you really That's believe that? Way. Has any oh, president absolutely. ever done that? Well, look what he's done with the regulations, Stephen. For every regulation, you've got to cut two, all right? You're making a smaller federal government. The federal government doesn't do anything very well other than borders, make money, check food, and safety. Other than that, they shouldn't be running our lives as a nanny state. We don't need to fund bigger government. We need to fund private enterprise. And the only way you do that is by not disincentivizing people that work hard and become rich. You don't want to hate the rich. You want to become the rich. Well, and I, I agree with break-
0: yeah, I agree with you. I, I I agree with you in principle there, there, Casey. I think that the you know when you get into the details though, and you look at what people pay, what people don't pay. Uh, I I know what my own income looks like and what my own taxes look like. I own a small business, a very small business. I know what those taxes look like. I I would be very hard pressed to describe uh, people at that level as overburdened. At the same time, I know people who make a lot less and who struggle. Uh, to work several jobs sometimes in order to, to, to make things work, uh, the, the, their burdens are, are very different. And so I think the question is where that balance lies. But Casey, I really appreciate uh, you listening and calling in. Uh, Melissa and Ann Burke, uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you about the, the likelihood that this gets done in 2017. There is some pressure on Republicans to deliver. Uh, are we going to see them get this done before Christmas?
3: Um, That's what they want to do. They certainly um, really want to go home for the holiday break and have something to talk to their constituents about, a a win, um, talk to their donors about, um, uh, especially after not, as you mentioned earlier, not really uh, being able to pass any major legislation uh, yet this year. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on them. I'm... Um, I've learned not to make predictions in this town of what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, so many things can change at the last minute. Um, this bill, we could see this bill change um, when they come back from Thanksgiving break, you know, trying to maybe bring some of these uh, hesitant senators on board by making some tweaks here and there, um, uh, maybe trying to um, Uh, convince some folks to vote yes. Uh, And then the next hurdle, of course, is going to be trying to reconcile the differences between the two chambers. Uh, If it does pass the Senate, um, they still got to go back to the House and work out um, in conference something uh, that everybody can live with, and it's a will sign. So it remains to be seen. We'll we'll have to keep watching.
0: Okay. Melissa Ann Burke, uh, Washington reporter for the Detroit News, thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. Take All care. Right.
0: We're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to continue our talk about the economy here this time from the health of our regional economy. That's where we're going to take a look next with Sandy Barua of the Detroit Regional Chamber. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Uh, Charlene in South Lyon, Doug in Detroit. We will get to you in the next segment. We'll be right back on Detroit Today.